Lately, I have started using the word fabulous more often. And I had taken a pause on saying fabulous because it was so heavily used in the Sex and the City TV series that I felt like continuing to say it would be kind of like continuing to order Cosmos past the early 2000s. So I put it on ice for a while, but I'm bringing fabulous back into my vocabulary largely because I believe in fabulosity and in pursuing an increasingly fabulous life. Looking fabulous means you're celebrating the mind-blowing gift of this corporal form. Feeling fabulous means you are vital, alive, and dynamically present in the world. And living fabulous means you aren't succumbing to the yoni, drying, dick-wilting messages out there that tell you you should settle for mediocrity. But do I know what fabulous is for you? No. But through today's podcast, I intend to help you identify what your most fabulous expression would be, fully believe that it's important, and name the next steps to get there. This is the Lady Quest podcast, and I am Ariel Kylie, and this podcast is for intuitive, self-aware, secretly ambitious women who sense that they have a big life purpose here on earth. Does that sound like you? Something that feels deeply meaningful to you that you want to do, create, experience, or pursue in this life. And side note, I have been hearing from some different men that have been listening to the podcast, and I'm delighted to have you as well. So, back to fabulous. When I was a teenager, I loved high fashion magazines. I was intensely drawn to the elevated looks of editorial spreads that are often shot in some of the most iconic and striking locations around the world with these incredible models wearing clothing that's practically unwearable. It's so extreme. And I just loved it, especially because I grew up in the era of models like Alec Weck and Stella Tennant and Kristen McMenemy, who weren't like typical beauties. They were more otherworldly and androgynous and unique looking. They looked anything but regular, and I had pages torn from magazines all over my walls in Vermont of these different editorial spreads, and I would just gaze at those photos and feel transported to a world beyond the regular. To me, it somehow represented art, like the art of living well, living elevated, and I wanted to be a part of it. But... Given some bummer programming I received about how magazines, models, and fashion are vapid and shallow, I developed this deep inner conflict with my desire to be fabulous. It felt naughty, like something I could only secretly want and should not show the world. Like it would be better to present a more regular front and let go of my love of glamour, that that's what becoming an adult was about. But I see things differently now. I feel like the urge to be fabulous is the urge to be a part of the dazzling experience of being alive. When I walk through my neighborhood here in the Hollywood foothills, 
I see the most glorious flowers. We're talking vivid purple and white African iris, glowing orange blooms of birds of paradise with their spiky tips, tumbles of fuchsia bougainvillea falling off roofs, grazing the ground almost like the train of a gown, soft lavender lily of the Nile, fluffy pink Santa Barbara daisies, fuzzy mauve and gold kangaroo paws, and it goes on and on. The vegetation here is stunning. And it makes me think, if nature gets to be so fabulous, why can't I? Why am I not an organic work of art too? In order to better explore this question, I asked my little brother Galen for an interview because he is truly fabulous, has been since he could barely walk, and these days he's really owning it. So at two years old, Galen would put on my father's neckties, stand his tiny little feet in my dad's huge leather wingtip work shoes, put on sunglasses, and assume the attitude of a superstar. And one of his favorite movies once he was a couple years older was Dick Tracy. And I think Dick Tracy was really one of his first style icons as well. Galen even chose to wear suits to high school when he was a teenager. And again, this is Vermont. This is Heinsburg, Vermont. This is like farm country. Then, for many years, from what I saw, Galen stopped dressing so sharp and shifted into wearing more like security and military style clothing. Partly he was doing a lot of security work, but he also just toned it way down. Then, two years ago, he came out of the closet, shared with the world that he is gay, and his fabulousness returned in full force. Once again, he started dressing so chic, and has also really activated his inner performer. He's regularly hosting drag shows in Vermont. So between his own fabulousness and also just the philosophy behind drag, because I think drag is is like fabulous dialed up to 11. So I really wanted to interview Galen and just get his philosophy on the whole thing. So I caught up with him when he was on vacation in Bonita Springs, Florida, a couple days ago, and he made time for a quick chat with me. So here is my interview with Galen. All right. So Galen, my little brother, as I said, hi, I am creating a podcast episode this week about the importance of being fabulous. And you popped into my mind as an example of someone who is fabulous and isn't afraid to show it. (laughs) I recently started working on a radio show called The Cut with M. Sebastian Arajo. And The Cut is all about kind of what it takes to make the cut, right? And it revolves around, you know, this this, um, common ground of fashion, men's fashion and like how do we express ourselves through our clothes? And the common ground that we found is that starts inside with a real deep understanding and acceptance of self. And also an acceptance of that we're, we're not going to know everything about ourselves and that those things change. And then being able to take that and express it through your hairstyle, the cut and pattern and colors and textures of your clothing to express who you are 
before you even say a word to somebody. Whether we're thinking about it or choosing to not think about it, what we're wearing really has an impact. And if we're trying to say, oh, I haven't thought about my clothes, then you're going to look like you haven't thought about your clothes and what you want to present to the world. And for some people, that's what they want to present. And I think for other people, it might be an opportunity to kind of get in touch with who you are. Love it. Love it. And why do you think some people avoid expressing themselves through their look or refuse to be fabulous in how they present themselves? I think the the core to the question is, um, why do people choose not to express themselves? And the answer is because it's scary. It's very anxiety-inducing. Uh, uh, so, you know, what if we get rejected? What would that be like? And I think that, you know, as I have started to branch out into the world more as my own fabulous self, the common denominator is the more you express yourself and the more vulnerable you're willing to be, the um, the greater the rewards are. Mm, that is good. That is good. Okay. So I want to ask you about hosting drag shows because... Because you've been hosting drag balls, drag shows in Vermont, which isn't known for its drag scene, but it's like kind of happening there. It is happening there. My biggest shows that I do are drag balls in St. Johnsbury, which is a very rural community in Vermont. And uh, we have some really top, not only Vermont, but New England performers that come and perform. And we try to bring a different tone to drag and really express it as an art form to rural communities, as well as bringing LGBTQ issues up um, in communities that that really need it. And one of the queens that performed put it very well, which is, and this is a queen who's spent time working in Boston and throughout New England and does shows in Albany. Like, they're not just centralized in Vermont. This is Bethadone Clinique. She's amazing. You know, these shows that we're doing have really become an opportunity to experience and express and learn a different side of drag, which is this very artistic side. And really, the the core of it is letting out who you are, because the reality is we're all in drag. Whether I'm wearing a suit or I'm wearing my stretch gym hoodie thing that I'm wearing right now on the beach of Bonita Springs, we're all in drag and we're all trying to express what's going on inside of us through our clothing. And drag just expresses it more thoroughly. Mm, mm. And one thing I love about drag is how over the top it is. It's just like 10 xing a character it's like not holding back on glitter on hair on makeup on anything so what do you think that drag does for audiences or helps bring out in audiences it is an opportunity to recognize that expressing who you are whoever that is is okay as long as you're not out to hurt yourself or anybody else and i think that that's really the core of drag and yes there is there's this like fab glamorous over the top kind of like oh i'm gonna bedazzle all this stuff my boyfriend is bedazzling a swimsuit to go do a photo shoot on the beach so yes there's lots of bedazzling that happens but there's also this very kind of like real and raw and and um sensitive side to drag and you know of expressing femininity and realness or masculinity you know even i uh, you know i don't i don't dress in gender different clothing i dress in men's clothes traditionally men's clothing and i went to a gala in saint johnsbury and had four tuxedos for a four-hour event and went through all four of them 
and I've got drag queens saying that I'm the biggest queen of all, and no, I'm just a cis king and stuff like that. And I realized, oh my goodness, this, this is true. So when it actually came time for, and I dress conservatively when it comes to suits for the most part. Um, so we're talking about just traditional black tie tuxedos that I'm going through. So this isn't anything glittered up or fab or fabulous or necessarily over the top, but it's really expressing who I am to the world. And that is through a very severe cut and finish and presentation that's articulate using minimalist colors. But there's a difference when I'm going on stage and performing and I'm wearing my sparkling blue tuxedo jacket or if I'm wearing my, you know, velvet uh, you know, sport coat with all the patterns in it. That's, that's my own drag that I'm expressing in that moment. And how do you feel when you step on stage wearing a sparkling blue blazer that just feels like so much like a part of you that you're expressing, but you're on stage, you're going big, you're talking to an audience. Like, how does that feel for you? The clothes breed an emotional reaction and that reaction is confidence. I'm stepping on stage and I'm stepping on stage as myself, as pure as you can get. And the clothes reflect that. And I know that. I know that to my core. And I think with the best queens, that's that's the same thing, or kings or performers in general. It's about breeding confidence in yourself so you can put your best foot forward in any situation. Mm, love it. And shopping vintage or shopping used clothing, however you want to phrase it, secondhand previously worn, whatever, whatever, you, however you want to phrase it, is the best thing for the environment because the clothing trade contributes a whole lot of negative stuff to our our planet. Um, so yeah, buying used is fantastic. And the way to get by on a dime is being thrifty. That means going to thrift stores in nice areas, especially. I've gotten some awesome stuff out in LA where you are from Beverly Hills thrift stores. stores. And once you're sourcing those good spots, you can get whatever you need. And that applies to men's and women's clothing. A lot of my boyfriend's drag clothes are purchased at thrift stores for next to nothing, $6, $3, etc. I mean, really fabulous gowns and all sorts of things. I think that the best fashion, it's the best art. The best fashion is the best drag, is the best art, it's the best paintings, is the best drawings, is the best sculptures. It's all the same thing. It's an expression of self. And really tapping into that and saying, who am I in the world? can lead to some really brilliant things, um, regardless of how you choose to dress. You don't have to be in a suit or a ball gown. You can be wearing leather and chains and whatever. I don't care what it is. If that's who you are and what you want to present to the world, cool, man. Let's proceed. Let's do it. Oh, thank you so much for this interview, Galen. There's so many gems I can pull out. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm happy to. You're a wise little brother. Uh, Just a itty bitty little brother. Teeny, teeny, tiny. Teeny, tiny. Um, so little. <laughs> For your people out there in your podcast land, if you do want to check me out, I am Galen Blodgett, G-A-L-E-N-B-L-O-D-G-E-T-T. That's G-A-L-E-N-B-L-O-D-G-E-T-T. Uh, I am most active on Facebook. So give me a looky-loo and oh uh, maybe gosh. we can hang out sometime. Yeah, you really should. His posts like kill me. They're both fabulous and hilarious, which is to me, the best combo of anything. Um, awesome. All right, G. Talk to you soon. Mwah. Love you. Love you. Say hi to Jacob. Will do. I'll talk to you later. Bye. What stands out to me about what Galen shared, which I love, is just it's fundamentally self-expression. And you get there by choosing to believe in yourself, choosing to value who you are over what society seems to think you should say or do. 
And by doing that, you can actually get more and more confidence. Also, love the note about how it's not about having tons of money. You can thrift to put your look together. And as you know, Galen lives in Vermont. It's not even about the location being an iconic city in the world. It really starts with attitude. So a lot of emphasis today has been on dressing, but I want to note that it's not just about how you dress. It's about how you set up your home. It's about how you care for your things. It's about how you frame in your mind going out and doing things in the world, choosing to make your life experience elevated. I remember before I moved out west a few years ago, I was staying with my dad in Winooski, Vermont, and I got on the dating apps just because I'm like, well, maybe before I go, I'll see who's here. And I matched with someone who lived about eight blocks from my father in Winooski, which is a very blue collar old kind of working town. It's gotten a little bit hipper over the past few years, but in general, it's a pretty regular down home kind of place. So I put on a cute purple jumpsuit and walked the eight blocks from my dad's to this guy's house. And right when I stepped onto the porch, I knew there was something different about it. It felt elevated. It felt like I was entering this different universe. The furniture was really beautiful, mid-century modern. And when I stepped in, he had this great little like cocktail mixing center with beautiful shiny instruments. And he was dressed really nicely. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I walked into a lounge in New York City. And so It was not a love match at all. We just basically hung out and chatted on the porch and had cocktails. Although he did make sure I knew that he had a vasectomy, (laughs) which, which is like not the sexiest thing. But, um, I think, I think it was an indicator. He was open to more than just a cocktail on the porch, but we did not go there. But it was just an example of you can be anywhere working with any materials and choose to make things feel a little more elevated, a little more fabulous. Like don't eat with the paper plates and the disposable silverware cutlery you get when you get takeout food and bring it home. Still set yourself a nice setting with real silverware to eat off of. It's all these little choices throughout our days that we can make to make things a bit more artful, a bit more inspired, and a bit more of that heightened elevation of who we are and what we love. And there is one other note I want to make about this topic. There's a lot of bad shit happening in the world. I do want to call that out because this knowledge can really tie us in knots when it comes to letting ourselves live our big, wonderful, fabulous lives. And I've heard many a whisper and whimper from quite a few friends over the past years when these horrors rise up in the world, questioning their entitlement to the good things while innocent people are being brutalized. And it's weird. I mean, for me, the juxtaposition of scrolling social media, seeing like the latest spring collection from Vogue and then 
seeing a starving child, it's, it's hard for my mind to fathom. And for many of us who live in safer and more privileged societies, the way we show we care is by trying to tone down those desires, by pushing them quietly away the way you may like push a slice of cake away from you that you think you shouldn't be eating. It seems like there's this fear that if you have too much fun or experience too much joy or celebrate your life too much, or yeah, let yourself become too glamorous and beautiful, you might lose your humanity. You might become part of the problem, an oblivious bystander, as opposed to standing on the right side of history as part of the solution. Yet, I question if diminishing your own light really does add more light to faraway, dark places. If Princess Diana had worn Walmart jeans instead of designer dresses, would she have brought more attention to the problem of the landmines in Angola? Or if Oprah lived in a nondescript townhouse in Oxnard instead of a gorgeous estate in Montecito, would she be better able to create schools for underserved girls around the world? I don't think so. I don't think that the solution is for you or me to want a less luxurious and dazzling life. I think the solution lies in being able to hold both truths at the same time and tend to both in the proportion that we can. Most of the people I know who deprive themselves of money, status, and beauty that they crave are not out there making huge waves to help the world. They're just wringing their hands about whether or not it's okay for them to promote their business on Instagram while these bad things are happening. Meanwhile, their bills and their stress is piling up. And that's not a solution. So I want you to consider the possibility that living your bigger, more beautiful, more dazzling life is deeper as we heard from Galen about this deeper self-expression, connection to yourself, building your confidence, is deeper than meets the eye. And by letting yourself have a really fucking good and gorgeous life, maybe that can be a catalyst for you to step out there even more, do more for the world, do more for the people who are in hard places, do more for the environment. Maybe these two don't have to be at odds. Maybe the power you build through your own fabulosity can power you doing even more extraordinary things for the planet. Just think about it. So my invitation to you today is to take some time to think about where there are gaps in your own fabulosity. And by that, I mean where things in your environment or clothes you have or ways you present yourself just kind of bum you out. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have comfy, cozy, yummy, easy things about your life. Of course you should. But where are those places where you're like, ugh, this part of my home or this thing about how I look just bums me out? And think about how you can elevate those things. What could you bring into your home? What couple items of clothing could you bring into your wardrobe? How could you 
Like if you're dating, instead of meeting someone at the same old Starbucks, how can you design a date that would at least be uplifting and elevating for you? Like pick the really cute special coffee shop instead of that generic chain one. Choose to meet for a walk through a really enchanted feeling park. Wear shoes that give you a little clip in your step, not for the person you're going on a date with, for yourself. And see how just dialing up your fabulousness a tiny bit here and there and here and there over and over and over affects how you feel. And like Galen said, let it all be about you expressing you. Not about you doing what the Kardashians are doing or what Gwyneth Paltrow's doing or anyone else. It's about you doing you. I can't wait to hear how this goes. Hey. I have got a super juicy free workshop coming up for those of you who want to activate a big dream in the coming year. And you know how you get the invite? You get on my list, of course. Just follow the link to Ariel's list through the episode description and I will roll out the red carpet for you to get into this brand new workshop before anyone else. And if you want to make my day, you know what to do. Leave a five star review. It helps other really cool people like you find this podcast, and it also makes me feel full and happy in my heart to read that you value what I'm sharing. Okay, wishing you a wonderful and fabulous week.